Okay, welcome back to Bible Brace. We are in lesson eight today of our study, verse by verse through the Gospel of John. If you are just joining us, please go back and listen to Intro to Bible Study and follow that up with lessons one through seven, and that will catch you up to where we're at today. For those that have been following along, just a little summary of last time and a background, um, depending on where you're at in your paper, it could be that you've had to make a new paper, maybe even halfway through our study last time. Um, but we are right now in verses six through eight of John one. And then in the margin around that on your paper, you should have different passages that we've gone to so far as we're studying where John the Baptist came from and why. And we have got Matthew three. Mark 1, Isaiah 40, verse 3, and then we have been most recently in Luke. So far, we've read Luke 1 through, we're down through 38 right now, and that is going to be where we pick up again today. So don't forget to keep a distractions column and a further study column as we're going, so you can jot those things down. If you need to pause me to spend more time in a passage, pause me to deal with God convicting you of something, Um, pause me to deal with a screaming kid, that's totally fine. Just pause me and then push play and get right back in the word when you can. So let's keep going. So we have talked about, we were contrasting the two proclamations from Gabriel regarding the births of Jesus and of John the Baptist. So six plus months before Jesus' birth was prophesied, we have Gabriel showing up in the temple while Zachariah is there and telling him, hey, your prayers are answered, even though you guys are very old now, (laughs) you're going to have a son and he's going to be significant and he's going to be set aside from his birth and filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his birth in the womb. And he's going to prepare the way for the Lord. You know, he's going to have a specific purpose. And so Zechariah is mute since that time in the temple because he did not have faith. And this is Gabriel responded basically by saying, because you did not trust the Lord, you're not going to be able to speak until this child is born. And so Zechariah is mute and has been for now six plus months. And we are heading into in the sixth month at the beginning of this new passage that we're in, which is Luke 1 verse 26 is where this begins. We have the angel Gabriel sent from God to a town of Galilee named Nazareth very poor area, very small in the scheme of things that time period. And uh, that's just interesting, again, how God works and what he thinks of um, as significant. So he comes to Mary, who is a virgin. She would have been probably a young teenager. And she's betrothed to Joseph, but they have not come together and consummated their marriage. They are just betrothed. And so here, the angel says, greetings, favored one. And he tells her that she's going to conceive a child in the womb and she's going to give birth to a son. His name will be Jesus. He'll be great. He'll be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. So here, very different from it started off similar to the prophecy that um, Zechariah was given, but it changes very significantly at the end here because this is not a regular person. He is going to rule a kingdom forever. So this is obviously Jesus, God the Son, who is going to come as a human very shortly. And so Mary is asking kind of like, how is this going to happen? Because I'm a virgin and I am not having like sexual relations with a man. And the angel's like, well, this isn't going to come from a man. This child will be from the Holy Spirit. And he says, he will come upon you. The power of the most high will overshadow you. Therefore, also the one to be born will be called holy, the son of God. And behold, 
verse 36, your relative Elizabeth, she also has conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month for her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. I love that. I love that John the Baptist is a sign of the coming of Christ, but in a way, Elizabeth is a sign to bolster the faith of Mary because here she's pregnant with this child when she shouldn't be. And the angel is saying, this is of the Lord too. This is going to, um, you know, she doesn't know fully all that John the Baptist is here for yet. It looks like in this passage, but he's just saying, Hey, she's pregnant when she shouldn't be pregnant. (laughs) And that was incredible. And he's saying nothing will be impossible with God. And then Mary's response is so sweet. And she says, behold, the Lord's female slave, may it happen to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now, Mary, as we covered in our last lesson, is not a sinless person. She is a human, which means that she had times she struggled. She had times she was in the flesh. And so not to say like throw Mary into the bus, but just, you know, she's human, just like I am, just like you are. And so we don't need to revere her in a way that's not appropriate with who she was. Like she was a good godly testimony for us. Praise God for that. And she, if she were sitting here next to me, would be the first to tell you that she was a sinner who struggled and that despite that, God was able to use her in powerful ways. And so praise God for that. So Mary is excited. She says, Hey, may it happen to me according to your word. If not excited, she is um, yielded and she submitted to whatever God has for her. And then it says, now in those days, Mary set out and traveled with haste into the hill country to a town of Judah and entered into the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. So here she went to see her cousin who is pregnant and is so old and shouldn't be pregnant. (laughs) And it says here, and it happened that when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby in her womb leaped and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she cried out with a loud shout and said, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment to what was spoken to her from the Lord. Wow, what an encouraging response this must have been for Mary. And maybe she's checking this out a little bit, going to see if what the angel told her is absolutely true. And maybe not. I mean, maybe she went with faith. Um, it seems like her response initially is one of faith and trust in the Lord. But again, she's she's a human, right? So maybe she had a season of like, oh, I'd be nice to go see it and to like be confirmed in what I heard. Because man, I just feel like I'm just this nobody. Why would the Lord do this? You know? So she shows up and greets Elizabeth. And here, not only is John, who's in the womb, reacting to the fact that Jesus is there in Mary's womb, which is hilarious and awesome. I love that. That John is already doing what he's supposed to do, which is saying, look, he's here. You know, he's preparing the way of the Lord. But then Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit and she prophesies, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Now, very different, I'm sure, from what the dynamics of their relationship normally are. Here is a much older woman and here is a young relative. And so why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me, that she's putting herself in a position of, I'm not worthy for you to come. I mean, it's very interesting, especially for this culture. For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. 
And blessed is she who believed that there will be a fulfillment to what was spoken to her from the Lord. This is obviously the Holy Spirit speaking through Elizabeth because she doesn't know what's happened yet. She only knows her own miracle of having John in her womb. And so how amazing is that? So then we get into Mary's hymn of praise to God, which is such a sweet, sweet hymn of praise. And we're going to read through this really quickly. Mary says, my soul exalts the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced greatly in God, my savior, because he has looked upon the humble state of his female slave for behold, from now on, all generations will consider me blessed because the mighty one has done great things for me and holy is his name and his mercy is for generation after generation to those who fear him. He has done a mighty deed with his arm. He has dispersed the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and has exalted the lowly. He has filled those who are hungry with good things, and those who are rich he has sent away empty-handed. He has helped Israel his servant, remembering his mercy, just as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his descendants forever. And Mary stayed with her about three months and then returned to her home. I'm sure that that was such a blessing to Mary to have an older woman who she could lean on in that time of her being pregnant out of wedlock, really, and having someone else who knew what was happening, that confirmation, that feeling of belonging, of knowing, okay, I'm not crazy. (laughs) God told me this through a messenger. He sent an angel to me and someone else believes it's true too. Like what an encouragement this must have been for the both of them. For Elizabeth too, to see the fulfillment of John was sent to prepare the way of who, right? Like she's seeing who it's going to be. She's seeing that fulfillment occurring. So, so cool. What a neat passage to be able to spend some time in. Okay, let's get quickly into the birth of John the Baptist, and then eventually we'll get back to our John 1 passage, right? But this is all important groundwork we're laying, you know, of the however many years before their ministry of what occurred when they were both conceived. So verse 57 of Luke 1 says, Now the time came for Elizabeth that she should give birth, and she gave birth to a son. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown his great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. And it happened that on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were wanting to name him after his father, Zachariah, which would have been very culturally appropriate. They didn't have any children, so they had a son. This is the right thing to do, right? And his mother answered and said, no, but he will be named John. So interesting here because Elizabeth was not in the temple when they were there together, right? The angel and Zachariah, she didn't hear that he was to be called John. And John was not a name that was in their family, as we see from reading on these other verses. And it doesn't say Zachariah somehow was able to share that with her, with him not being able to speak. So is this something that Zachariah was able to write to Elizabeth? Maybe. I don't know. It doesn't tell us that. But what's interesting is when they go to Zachariah himself and they say, hey, what do you want him to be named? And he asks for a writing tablet and he writes down saying, John is his name. And they were all astonished. And then it says, and his mouth and his tongue were opened immediately. What's interesting here is John the Baptist was born and eight days later, Zachariah still can't speak. Isn't that interesting? Because like the angel made it, I mean, at least from what I assumed early in the passage, let's go there real quick. It sounded like Zachariah wouldn't be able to speak until he was born. So let's see here. Um, So this verse 
19. I am Gabriel, stands in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to announce you this good news. And behold, verse 20, you will be silent and not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you do not believe my words. Now, the day these things take place, we may interpret that as him being born. But he also says in his prophecy, if we go up here to 13, do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your prayer has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you will call his name John. So it's not the only thing that's going to take place is his birth, right? And then we see that is the case because here, eight days later, we have um, Zechariah still can't talk. And I wonder if he was a little confused by that or if he knew. Maybe this is the last test of his faith is when he says, no, John is his name. It's him saying, this is the child that was prophesied that I was told to name him John. He's going to have a purpose. And maybe this is a sign of him finally submitting to that authority in his life. I don't know. There's a lot of, we could speculate about this passage, but it does say his mouth and his tongue were open immediately and he began to speak praising God. And then verse 65 says, and fear came on all those who lived near them. And in all the hill country of Judea, all these events were discussed. And all those who heard kept these things in their hearts saying, what then will this child be? For indeed, the hand of the Lord was with him. And that is so fun because obviously God is doing this for a purpose, right? He wants people to sit up and take notice like, oh, this is weird. This is abnormal. This must be an important thing. This child must have a significant purpose. And even the fact that Zachariah and Elizabeth both agreed that he would be named John when no one in their family was named John would stand out as weird. You know, it stand out as abnormal. And so these things are exciting. And then it says in verse 67, and his father Zachariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied saying, blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited to help and has redeemed his people. And has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, just as he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from earliest times, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all those who hate us, to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to Abraham our father to grant us, that we, being rescued from the hand of our enemies, could serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days. And so you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins, because of the merciful compassion of our God, by which the dawn will visit to help us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to direct our feet into the way of peace. This is very interesting. This ties in well with what we've been studying in John 1. And here Luke is referencing this prophecy of Zechariah, where he compares again that Jesus is light and that he's a light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. And he's directing our feet into the way of peace. So very, very interesting. There's lots going on here. Oh my goodness, we're out of time again. We will be back in lesson nine to talk more about this in the future. But how encouraging, how exciting to see these events unfolding and the way that these people would have seen it and to recognize that there's a building crescendo occurring here regarding the birth of Christ. It's coming and there's excitement and tension and all these things leading up to it, all these signs and wonders, because this is a big deal. 
and why is it a big deal? And we're going to cover that more as we go through our study. So I hope you guys are as excited as I am and as charged by reading these things to go out and live your life as if these things are true because they are and live in the light of what Christ has done because he has come and he came with purpose. And because of that, our lives can be changed. So I love you ladies and I will talk to you next time.